Hello and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies with your speaker, Chris McCann. If you'd like more information or to hear more studies, visit our website at www.ebiblefellowship.com. And now, with your evening Bible study, here's Chris McCann. Good evening and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Bible Study in Luke chapter 18. Tonight is study number 13, and we're continuing to look at the parable in the first eight verses. I'm going to read uh, again from verse 1. And he spake a parable unto them to this end, that men ought always to pray and not to faint, saying there was in a city a judge which feared not God, neither regarded man. And there was a widow in that city, and she came unto him, saying, Avenge me of mine adversary. And he would not for a while. But afterward he said within himself, Though I fear not God, nor regard man, yet because this widow troubleth me, I will avenge her, lest by her continual coming she weary me. And the Lord said, Hear what the unjust judge saith. And shall not God avenge his own elect, which cry day and night unto him, though he bear long with them? I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man cometh, shall he find faith on the earth. And I'll stop reading there. Now, last time we were looking at verse 7. And shall not God avenge his own elect? And we uh, were going over the scriptures that indicated just how beloved God's elect are. God's elect are so beloved that the Father uh, gave his only begotten Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, died for their sins and and made payment for them and and adopted all of these elect into the family of God. They are all now spiritually kings and priests and prophets, all children of God. And, and of course, God loves them. That's why God has um, patiently endured the sins of the world. For thousands of years, mankind has provoked God to anger and and God would destroy them in an instant, except the the long suffering of the Lord is due to salvation. That is, God had a program to save a people for Himself. They would be born in every generation. Therefore, God put up with and and patiently endured the sins of mankind generation after generation, for the purpose of saving his elect. The world has continued on and gone about its business, not so people could live a good life, not so they could have a career and a family and enjoy themselves for the few years that they live on the earth. God has not allowed the world to continue on for over 13,000 years in order that the the nations make progress in the building up of their cities and in technology 
and in home improvements uh, to make life easier for mankind to live on the earth. It has never been God's purpose to allow time to continue for the sake of the natural man. The world is not here. It does not continue to function, to exist for the sake of the sinner. As it says in the book of Deuteronomy, in Deuteronomy chapter 32, in verse 8, When the Most High divided to the nations their inheritance, when he separated the sons of Adam, he set the bounds of the people according to the number of the children of Israel. Now, there's two ways we can look at that scripture and understand it. One is the number of the tribes of the children of Israel was 13. And God set the bounds of the human race, the sons of Adam, to 13,000 years. And then he would bring his final judgment. And it was in 1988, the 13,000th year of history since creation, that God began his end-time judgment program. On May 21, 1988, the church age ended, the Great Tribulation began, and we entered into the time of the end. And this coming October 7th, 2015, will be the 10,000th day since that point. And really, we could look at the whole um, history of, of mankind on the earth as 13,000 years plus 10,000 days. Man lives 13,000 years and 13 brings mankind to the conclusion and then it's completed and most likely over the course of a 10,000 day judgment period. But there's another way also of looking at Deuteronomy 32a that the Most High divided to the nations their inheritance when he separated the sons of Adam He set the bounds of the people according to the number of the children of Israel. That is, over the course of earth's history, this 13,000 year period, and now we're in the year 27, 13,027 years since creation, God has been saving his elect. And, And so the world was safe. The people of the earth could... Uh, could live their lives, unless due to some other reason their lives were ended. But for the most part, they could live their lives from birth to death and, and seek after the things that they wanted to seek after in the world and live the life as the world sees it. It's what life is all about, going after your own pleasure and your own desires and want-tos, and and making a lot of money, buying a lot of stuff, having a nice family, and and so forth, and then you die. And that's basically, to sum it up, the, uh, the dream of the world. At least that's all they do get. They don't, of course, want to die, but everyone does die. And so this has been going on from the time of the fall into sin, all through history. Generations have come, generations have gone, but only for the purpose, the purpose of 
the children of Israel, the spiritual Israel of God. I I mentioned it, but I should have read it because this verse says it so well in Second Peter three, in verse fifteen, an account that the long suffering of our Lord is salvation. That's why God waited. He waited and waited thousands of years, even after he would bring a flood or destroy a city like Sodom or uh, judge a people like an uh, unfaithful apostate Judah. Uh, God still waited because there were still elect to be born. But the waiting came to an end on May 21, 2011. By that time, 7,000 years from the flood that landed on that date of May 21, that had the underlying Hebrew calendar date of 217, that matched uh, and identified with the date that God shut the door of the ark, the 17th day of the second month of Noah, God ended his salvation program. He ceased to be long-suffering because he had now saved his elect. He had found all the lost sheep of the house of Israel. He had um, sent forth his word, and, and it sought them out and found them, and they were all saved, every last one of them. We're not waiting for anybody to be saved today. Nobody's been saved since May 21, 2011. God saved them all and then shut the door of heaven. He closed the door, the entry into the kingdom of heaven, and that began the judgment. At that point, God ceased to be long-suffering with the unsaved inhabitants of the earth. And anybody who thinks that God's going to save anyone today, that, that God's going to wake someone up and save them today, does not understand the judgment of God. They don't understand that the door shut, or they don't understand what that means. They have no idea what time period we're living in. We are living in the day of the wrath of God, the day of punishment the day of God punishing the sinner and exacting vengeance upon them, the day the law of God is being paid as the law demands payment from the sinner for the offenses committed against it. And and this is judgment day. There are no more elect out there. None of, nobody. Nobody should go out handing out tracts or carrying a sign, or or, or uh, going forth today thinking, well, somebody's going to wake up who's in their sin. Somebody is going to see my shirt or my sign or receive the track, and God's going to use it to wake them up. No, no, nobody's going to wake up out of their spiritually dead condition. They're dead. They're dead. God has already found all of his elect. Uh, there, there are no more elect to be found. There are no more wake-up calls. God woke everyone up as far as salvation's concerned before he shut the door of heaven on May 21, 2011. That's the only way he could bring to pass Judgment Day. You know, it's always 
been mystifying how uh, some people who ought to know better, they speak of being in Judgment Day, they they talk about Judgment Day, and and you think they understand what they're talking about, and then they're talking about God still saving. And then you wonder, well, you see, it was a spiritual judgment. And the spiritual judgment was the door shut and God stopped saving people. But if God is still saving people, then the door did not shut and there was no judgment. So what what exactly is Judgment Day then? If God is still saving, doesn't the Bible say he will have judgment without mercy? And they they really lack understanding. They never comprehended what God has done because it's a spiritual judgment. And it, it would indicate they have a natural mind. They, they, they cannot grab a hold of the spiritual nature of judgment day. God is furiously pouring out wrath. The, the time of granting mercy, bestowing grace, waking up sinners is past. That was the day of salvation. That's why the Lord sent uh, his people into all the world proclaiming that this day, May 21, is coming and seek the Lord while he may be found. Th- that was the time. Uh, uh, remember that passage in Zephaniah. And I remember saying this before May 21, and I've come back to it a few times in these days after, where God says in Zephaniah 2, beginning in verse 1, Gather yourselves together, yea, gather together, O nation, not desired, before the decree bring forth. Notice how many times God says before. Before the day passes the chaff. Before the fierce anger of Jehovah come upon you. Before the day of Jehovah's anger come upon you, seek ye Jehovah, all ye meek of the earth, which have wrought his judgment, seek righteousness and seek meekness. It may be ye shall be hid in the day of Jehovah's anger. When when was the time that God was to be sought? When is the time that, and the word while, seek the Lord while he may be found, indicates a time. There's a certain time period. Before, before his anger, before the day passes the chaff, and, and, and so forth. God says it four times, indicating the universality of what he's doing in the day of judgment. The time to seek the Lord was before the door shut. And and now, in these days after the tribulation, in, in these days when the door is closed, do people seek the Lord? Well, they might. They might remember what it says in, in Luke 13. It seems that, uh, you know, some have forgotten. Luke 13 and verse 24 Strive to enter in at the straight gate. For many, I say unto you, will seek to enter in. Enter in where? That straight gate. And by the way, that's, that's the right gate. They're not, it, it's not saying many will seek to enter in the broad way that leads to destruction. 
No, they finally have it correct. They finally have the, the proper door, the proper entry point. It's the straight gate. And many, not a few, many will seek to enter in and shall not be able. What, what does that mean, not able? Not, it means there's an inability. You can't do it. It's not possible. It, it's as Father Abraham said to the rich man in, in the fires of torment when Lazarus was in Abraham's bosom. He, he said, son, there's a great gulf fixed between us and you. And they which would come from hence to you cannot. They cannot come from uh, Abraham's bosom to the place of torment. They cannot pass over the great gulf to bring a drop of water. We would, we would if we could. We, we, we have loved ones. We have family members. I have people that I deeply care about that I would, uh, I would long to give them the slightest bit of hope and, and encourage them and say, cry to God today that he might save you now. But I can't. I can't because I know a great gulf is fixed. And, and that gulf is the door to heaven. And God has shut the door. And what God has shut, no man can open. And we have people trying to get it open, trying to encourage others, get that door open. And, well, go ahead, push against it, kick against it. And here um, we have people coming and knocking, knocking, knocking. And let's read in verse 25 of Luke 13. Well, it said from verse 24, I say unto you, many, I say unto you, will seek to enter in and shall not be able when once the master of the house is risen up and hath shut to the door and ye begin to stand without and to knock at the door, saying, Lord, Lord, open unto us, and he shall answer and say unto you, I know not whence ye are. That word whence is important, because it's it's the same word that's used in Revelation chapter 7 verse 13 of the great multitude. The question is, from whence came they? And the answer, they are they which came out of great tribulation. And it, you, you see, God has times and seasons. He has periods of rain and periods of fruit. He sends forth early rain, it produces first fruits. He sends forth latter rain, it produces the final fruits that come in at the end of the year, the great multitude. And now the door is shut, the latter rain has ceased to fall, and and here come people seeking the Lord, seeking God. And as it says in Revelation chapter 9, they're seeking death, the, the identification of death in Christ as those that are saved are baptized into his death. And, and they're seeking death, but they cannot find it again, cannot, an inability. 
they they can't open the door. They're trying to open the door. They're they're trying pleas. They're trying beseechings. They're trying to play on emotion. Oh, here's a little child. Or uh, oh, whatever they can think of to get the door open. And the answer of God, the God of the Bible, the answer of the Word of God, the Bible, is this door is shut. And a faithful child of God, the faithful elect believer who God has already safely brought into the kingdom and spiritually is within that door, but physically at this time left upon the earth to go through the judgment. And when anyone comes to us, anyone when we're out there handing out tracts, or anyone in our family, or anyone anywhere at any time, and they're looking for encouragement. They're looking for us to say, yes, go seek the Lord. And and if we're giving any bit of encouragement that God might open the door at this time in the day of judgment, we are an unfaithful steward of the mystery of God. We are someone that is lying to these people, that is bringing information that God will not allow. We are not carrying out our duties as a doorkeeper faithfully in any way. Because a doorkeeper is a lowly position. The doorkeeper, you know, I don't know if... um, Office buildings or hotels still have doorkeepers like they used to. But he stands outside. It might be raining. It might be snowing. But he stands outside because a taxi or a limousine might pull up. And he needs to run out and open up the door to uh, get the gentleman and his wife out of the limousine. Show them into the hotel. He holds the door. That's the doorkeeper. And that's the lowly position of God's elect. Now, does the doorkeeper make decisions concerning whether the hotel is full or has vacancies or or if there's more room within? No, no, that's not the doorkeeper's job. His job is when told, open the door, open the door. Our instructions spiritually are the door is shut. And if we're going to be an honest, faithful steward of the mystery, the the teaching of the Bible, we have to tell people that. We must tell people that. And if we're telling them something different, then we're giving nothing but false encouragement. Uh, It's as though this man is in in the fires of the grave, in hell, in torment, and he wants a drop of water, and we'll say, oh yeah, we'll we'll bring you some water, and yet there's no way to get him any water. There's no way. He's going to stay right where he is. It's as though people are knocking outside the door of the kingdom of heaven and seeking the Lord, and we are taking it upon ourselves to say, yes, yes, uh, keep knocking, keep knocking. God will let you in. Or, or giving any kind of leading implication that he will let you in. It, it is a vain pursuit. 
we are doing nothing to help those people in any way because we're lying to them. God is very sincere, very earnest concerning the message that must be proclaimed at this time. It is not a message in which we are to give encouragement to people regarding salvation. That day, the day of salvation, is done. The day has ended, the night has come, and we are to share the news that Babylon has fallen, the door is shut, the water of the gospel is dried up, the sun The light of the sun is dark. The light of the moon is out. There is no more salvation of any kind available. The only hope the Bible permits, the only hope the Bible allows, and the only hope we should be sharing with another person is maybe, perhaps, Before God shut the door of heaven, maybe he saved you. If you were outside the church, because God wasn't saving in the church during 23 years prior to shutting the door of heaven on May 21, 2011. So if you were located in the church, it it would have been an impossibility. We, We just tell them, look, God wasn't saving in the church. Well, I was in the church. What does that mean? I'm sorry. All I can tell you is the Holy Spirit was not present in the church and not performing any salvation. No one was saved in the church for 23 years. But they can draw their own conclusion about that. But we have to tell them the facts. And if someone was outside the church, and at least there they were in the proper place where the latter rain was falling, we can say, this is how you can approach God. You can go to the Lord and you can say, I don't know what's been going on with me. I don't know why at this late point I have any interest or desire. But, but oh, Father, oh, Father, I know my only hope, my only hope, and it's not much of a hope at this late point, but my only hope is that you might have saved me before you ended your salvation program and then somehow I, I just didn't know that you saved me. And, and could it be that having had mercy, you will have mercy? That is, the, this salvation my, that I hope that you performed in me over four years ago, may there, there be evidence of that in the little bit of time that's remaining. And and that's our only permissible prayer, the only thing the Bible allows. And all this, uh, we're asleep and waking up, and, and all these other things that, that some people are saying, they're confusing, they're, they're, they're causing confusion with the whole matter because they themselves don't understand what God has done. There is no salvation. There is no one. I'll say it again. There is not a single individual today, no matter what age, no matter what their status is in this world, that is dead in sin, dead in sin, 
that will be awakened out of that spiritually dead condition to life. That cannot be. They, they cannot enter into the door. And, and Jesus says, depart from me in another place, uh, ye that work iniquity. Here, when they're crying, Lord, Lord, open to us, uh, he shall answer and say unto you, I know you not whence ye are. There is no other group of people. There was the first fruits, and then the, the, the fruits that come in at the end, there are no more fruit. There is no more stages of salvation. All we're doing today is ministering to those already saved, feeding the sheep. Thanks for joining us for eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies. You can hear these studies Monday through Friday over PalTalk, Skype, eBible Fellowship's webcast audio, or over your phone. For more information or to hear other studies, visit www.ebiblefellowship.com. Until our next study, may the Lord's perfect will be done.